Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Oh, happy New Year. That's right, folks. It is 2023. How crazy is that? We are in January of 2023. I can't, I mean, I can believe it because obviously it's a, a real thing, but you know, it's, it's, it's crazy that we're here because we, we forget sometimes how fast the years go, right? It's, it's, um, especially with given the last few years and how the world's been going and things seem to still be in 2019 sometimes. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's good. I'm, I hope you guys had a happy new year. Uh, you know, I, I also had my birthday, so that, that's always a, a plus. Um, what's, uh, what else is going on with you guys? Anything cool? Anything fun? Anything interesting that's, that's uh, different or new. I mean, we're in episode, what, 243 today. It's the fourth. Uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch started. Um, Jack Ryan came out, what, last two weeks ago now? Uh, I did start that. That was fun. But it's, uh, it's good, man. Um, everything is good. I, I hope. I hope everything's good with you, too. But what's, uh, let's talk about some things, right? Let's, there's some news. There's some news, because obviously, you know, things did somewhat happen over the last week and a half. Um, there were some working days. Uh, other than that, I do want to talk about everything I'm excited for and hoping for this year. Uh, we'll get into that in just a bit. But, you know... Uh, thank you guys for listening week in, week out, year in, year out now. We're, we're quickly approaching the fifth anniversary here at Nixner News. That's that's going to be in a couple months, of course, but but it is close. Um, about 20 weeks from now, give or take. But I'm excited uh, nonetheless. But why don't we not waste any more time and get right into what you're all here for? And that's going to start with the video game news of the week. So first thing I want to talk about, um, last week uh, I didn't play any High on Life because I probably put about 30, 35 hours into God of War. I literally got like hooked on it. I haven't been hooked on a video game like that in a while. Um, literally just trying to 100% it as much as possible. And, uh, <laughs> man, have I come very, very, very close. I, I will say that. Uh, it is getting New Game Plus mode early this year. Uh, probably won't be hopping back into it because I'm going to have a, a backlog I want to knock out before um, Hogwarts Legacy comes out in about a month. And, um, yeah, so uh, I did that. And then I, I played about, uh, I put a lot of time into Pokemon Scarlet as well. I pretty much completed... Uh, the um, the the victory road portion of the game. I've just done about every gym leader. Um, what I have left, though, are the um, 
the way the level, like the way the the difficulty spikes work in the game, you have to kind of go do the Titans um, and the Starfall Street and things like that to make sure you're the proper level to take on the Elite Four. Uh, because the Elite Four are in the mid to high six, mid to high fifties and, and early sixties uh, level of their Pokemon, so that's definitely you don't want to go up against them until you're you're really ready. Uh, so that that's what most of my last week was spent doing. Um, so uh, and and working a second job. <laughs> not gonna. That's not really necessary to talk about, but. Um, that's why I didn't play High on Life. That's another reason I didn't go see Avatar yet. Um, but anyway, moving forward. Uh, CES uh, technically started today with some early stuff. NVIDIA announced the new 4070 uh, GPUs. Uh, a lot of new TVs were announced. Um, and Sony had their opening show uh, tonight. Uh, and they showed off some things gaming-wise. Um, their biggest announcement, though, was Project Leonardo, which is their accessible controller to compete with, you know, Xbox's accessible controller. Um, I don't personally like the design of this thing. The Xbox one was kind of cool. I felt like that might be more accessible. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Sony says they're working with developers, insiders, members of the disabled community who would need require an accessible controller, an accessibility kit. Uh, no word on a release date or a price as of yet, but uh, it's interesting. It consists of two round game pads, one with a joystick, one with a with a like a like a traditional joystick, like one that you would find on a fight pad or an arcade game, and then like a more newer style or um, joystick on on like modern controllers, and then they each have like several buttons around them that it looks like you can customize and things. Like that, but we'll, we'll we'll ultimately see what happens with that. Uh, they've also announced and shown off some things about the Gran Turismo movie, which I still can't believe is a thing. Uh, that's actually supposed to come out this year, surprisingly. Uh, we've learned that PlayStation Five has sold around thirty million units total since its release in twenty twenty, uh, and it uh, Jim Ryan essentially said that. The shortage of PlayStation 5s is essentially over. If you want a PS5, you can, you can get one now much easily. Um, so that that's something, if you've been still waiting to get one, it, it shouldn't be too hard to get one now. And, and then, of course, we also learned that Gran Turismo 7 would be getting PSVR 2 support. Uh, and uh, Beat Saber will be coming to PlayStation 2 VR. Uh, we also... Uh, learned more about Games with Gold and PlayStation Plus games uh, available this month. Uh, if you are an Xbox Live subscriber, you will get Iris Fall and Autonauts as your two games with gold. If you are a Plus, PS Plus subscriber, you'll get Jedi Fallen Order uh, just in time for about two months before the, the second one comes out. Fallout 76, which I thought was free to play. And Axiom Verge 2. So those are your free games of the month depending on which platform you are a subscriber to, or if you're both. Uh, Netflix has announced that the showrunner for its Assassin's Creed show has left development. Uh, it has nothing really to do with, from uh, everyone's understanding, it has nothing to do with, with a um, falling out. This is per Collider. Uh, but I guess it, it uh, essentially 
just has to do with logistical reasons and not moving to London and things like that. Um, I guess uh, he said, quote, this is uh, from uh, Jeb Stewart, who's also the diehard writer. He was going to be the head writer and showrunner of Netflix's Assassin's Creed show. Uh, via Collider says that, uh, I th- quote, I think it was a little bit of a move of ex- executives from L.A. to London, and it allowed the London group, who unfortunately had to inherit my vision of what it was, instead of getting to develop their own vision. So I think that's fair. I know it's going to be great, whatever it comes out. I think the Ubisoft guys are fantastic. I think it's a terrific franchise. It was just a good mutual time to move on for both sides, unquote. Um, nothing, no replacement for him has been announced, but I'm sure they're hoping to fill that soon so that does, project doesn't get delayed too long. Uh, Hitman 3, if you go to buy it, don't look for Hitman 3 anymore, nor will you be able to get Hitman 1 or 2. Uh, in standalone versions, they are all being bundled together now as Hitman World of Assassination. Uh, so if you see that, it's not a new game. It's just a bundle of the, the rebooted Hitman 1, 2, and 3. Wizards of the Coast has announced that they have canceled five unannounced video game projects, uh, as well as layoffs. They, they have underestimated, uh, excuse me, overestimated the video game draw they thought they might be pulling in. Um, This will not affect, though, the development or release of Baldur's Gate 3, which is expected sometime this year. Naughty Dog has shown off uh, concept art and other information regarding its Last of Us multiplayer. More information should be shown later this year. I don't remember if that game's coming out or not. Um, Neil Druckmann was then, of course, interviewed in regards to a potential Last of Us Part 3. And uh, speaking to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, during the premiere of the show, um, said that, in regards to a Part 3, said, quote, I think there's more story to tell, unquote. So we'll, we'll learn more, of course, in the future. I don't think Naughty Dog is currently working on any games, so that could play into their hands. Um, and then final bit of gaming news before we transition to what I'm excited for this year. EA has announced that due to data storage errors on their, in their server racks, some of your franchise saves in Madden 2020, Madden 23 may have been erased. Um, (laughs) just add that to the pile this year. Uh, per EA, issue began on December 28th, around 2.45 p.m. Eastern, uh, continuing into December 29th at 12.45 a.m. Uh, people tried to log into their Madden franchise server and experienced a data storage error, no- noting leagues were unavailable, corrupting online franchises, connected franchise mode, and face of the franchise files. So they are working to try and restore them. Um, but estimate about 60% are unrecoverable, which uh, I'm kind of cool with because if it erased mine, it erases my terrible, terrible franchise face of the franchise year where I think I threw like 30 interceptions, but that's because interceptions are broken in the game. It's no laughing matter. <laughs> um, but that's it for gaming news this week. 
Uh, if you do have some of those franchise modes, make sure to look into it to see if you lost yours. Um, and then before we move into what's going on in the TV world, let's talk about games I am most excited for this year. Of course, it is a new year, which means more new games are on the horizon, as they always are. Um, and I'll kind of go through it by release date uh, as of right now. Uh, I'm very excited for Hogwarts Legacy, which releases literally just over a month from now on February 10th. Um, of course, the first Harry Potter game in quite a long while uh, does take place within the movie franchise, within the movie universe. Uh, it is de being developed by Avalanche, WB Games, and Portkey Games, which is a new division they set up for Harry Potter stuff. Um, takes place like about a hundred and something years before the, the first film. Um, so obviously we're not really going to be interacting with any characters from the first film. Um, but I am very, very excited. I know we've been getting constant updates on it. I've been trying to stay away from it just because I want to experience the game as a whole. I'll watch trailers of things, but like deep dives and stuff, I usually don't get into that kind of stuff until the game comes out. Uh, the next game I'm excited for, but I, I may or may not get, uh, which is Team Ninja's Wolong Fallen Dynasty, which is kind of their answer to um, their answer to Dark Souls, essentially. But of course, instead of being set in like feudal medieval Europe, it's set in uh, very early second or late second century China. Um, just after the, towards the end of the Han Dynasty. Uh, that comes out March 3rd uh, on all major systems and platforms. Um, let me see. I think it said... Yeah, it will be on, it'll be on all of them. Um, PlayStation 5, 4, Xbox Series X, S, and Xbox One. Uh, of course, you can get it on Steam. You can get the digital version because um, those will be available. Um, the next game I'm excited for after that is going to be, obviously, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, Cal Kestis returns five years after the first game and uh, looks to be very, very exciting and expands upon the story set out in the first game. Uh, the next game I'm excited for, again, can't promise that I'll be able to get it, is Crime Boss Rock, Rock A City. That game was announced at the Game Awards, filled with so many celebrities and 80s action stars, including Chuck Norris um, and Danny Glover. Just looks so over the top, and hopefully it's fun. Uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is expected, uh, so, sorry, Rock A City as March 28th, so three games in March, probably not going to happen for me, but who knows. Uh, then, of course, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Tears of the Kingdom, one of those two things, no one's really sure yet, I think it's Tears, uh, will release May 12th, uh, should have plenty of time to play Breath of the Wild between now and then. Uh, the next game I'm more excited for than anything, uh, probably up there with Star Wars Jedi Survivor, is going to be Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, Rocksteady Studios, Kevin Conroy's final performance and final performance as Batman, May 
26th. Um, other games that don't really have dates that are expected this year that I'm excited for. Uh, Starfield, which is the first Bethesda game I've actually been excited for. Supposed to release sometime this spring. Uh, the new Forza Motorsport, again, sometime spring. Which means anytime between late March and early June. Uh, Alan Wake 2 is expected sometime this year. Armored Core 6, again, who knows. Assassin's Creed Mirage sometime in September. And then, of course, Marvel Spider-Man 2 that has a fall 2020 tweet, 2023 release. Will it come out this year? I hope so. Um, is that my most anticipated game this year? Maybe. Um, it's probably between that and Star Wars Jedi Survivor uh, and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice. Like, There's probably a three-way tie there. Um, we'll see, ultimately, though, where it all plays out. Luckily... Uh, the first game I probably get will be Hogwarts Legacy, um, which should give me about a month's time to beat before Jedi Survivor comes out. But who knows? We'll see. Um, what are you guys excited for? Why don't you tell me? Leave a comment somewhere. Send me a DM. Uh, comment on an Instagram post. Things like that. We'll see. We'll see where you guys uh, plan to play in 2023. Um, that is it for video games. Let's uh, cruise on over to TV land. So, uh, what's going on in the TV world? Well, Jack Ryan premiered, not last week, but the week before, uh, but was able to watch several episodes. Great third season. Always excited to have the Ruskies back as the villains. And, you know, it's it's different right jack's on the run right as you know that was going to put jack ryan in a situation that you don't expect um but it's it's good there's a lot of good actors in there it's a great story to tell with with russia involved it it's funny though because it's telling a story that's kind of come true in the last 11 months <laughs> jesus christ can't believe that's been going on that long uh, it's obvious that it was filmed before February of last year um, because it, it some things have ultimately happened in real life uh, in similar ways to what the story they're trying to tell in Jack Ryan to what's going on right now in the real world. So uh, very interesting parallels that we don't always get in real time when it comes to you know geopolitical thriller movies like and TV shows like that. Disney Plus announced a Stan Lee documentary coming to Disney Plus in honor of what would have been Stan Lee's 100th birthday. Yes, he would have, if he was still alive, he would have turned 100 uh, on December 28th last year. Um, and, oh God, he's been gone since 2018. That's crazy. I didn't think it'd been that long at this point. Um, but yes, a, a new documentary in honor of Stanley will premiere on Disney Plus sometime this year. Uh, we're learning more about the final season of The Flash. Uh, some returning stars from the, the show's past and Arrowverse's past. Um, including uh, David Ramsey as, as uh, Diggle. Um, but 
the best news, which came out today and confirmed by the man himself, Stephen Amell will be returning as Oliver Queen one last time in Episode 9 of The Flash. Uh, The Flash is set to premiere in February for its ninth and final season. Um, But yes, I am very excited to see Stephen Amell back. I cannot wait um, to see him back. It's been been a while now. Um, I love Stephen Amell. I really do. Uh, contrary to a popular rumor swirling around right now, uh, the season two of the show Wednesday, which technically hasn't been confirmed, um, will not be going to Amazon. There were rumors floating around that Amazon would be distributing Wednesday season two, um, but per IndieWire and the because uh, the Independent had reported it, uh, IndieWire confirmed though that it will stick on Netflix if it gets a season two. Which, let's be honest, it probably will be. Um, the the this was thought by Independent be, because MGM was purchased by Amazon, but you know, while it is produced by MGM it will like I said it will probably stay on Netflix um, Netflix wouldn't want to lose one of their number one new shows uh, because of a production issue um, something small really um, are you a big fan of uh, can't think today <laughs> are you guys a big fan of Breaking Bad well, Heisenberg's returning for a Super Bowl commercial. A chip commercial at that. <laughs> so yes, uh, Brian Cranston will be returning as Walter White for a Pop Chip, I think is the brand, Super Bowl ad uh, in early February. Deep Space Nine, one of the best, if not the best, Star Trek series to air turns 30. Yesterday, January 3rd, was the 30th, yes, 30th anniversary of the premiere of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Emissary, uh, which essentially started as a, it wasn't a backdoor pilot because it wasn't an episode of The Next Generation, but it featured uh, uh, portions of the cast of The Next Generation, including Captain Jean-Luc Picard, as they bring Benjamin Sisko to Deep Space Nine to take over um, the station after its abandonment by the Cardassians. If you have not watched Star Trek Deep Space Nine uh, and you need an in to Star Trek, I would probably suggest Deep Space Nine over some of the other shows. Uh, it is not so much a story of the week, uh, planet of the week story like some of the other shows where they're constantly going out to new planets and new places in space and things like that, as this is kind of set on a space station and the story comes to them. Uh, There's a very big war storyline in the final seasons. It's definitely different than uh, what you're used to with Star Trek, or if you're not really used to Star Trek, it's a a good intro. Um, You don't really need to know a whole lot of the history of of the mythos uh, to jump into Deep Space Nine. Uh, great show, turns 30, and uh, recently completed a watch through of it a couple years ago, actually. 
Um, and then in the greatest news ever today, the sequel that never was now becomes the series that will be. Hulu has announced Mel Brooks produced History of the World Part 2. Yes, 40 years ago, Mel Brooks released a film called History of the World Part 1. Obviously, it never received a sequel in the time since. Uh, It essentially was a a telling of of historical things of history, uh, major historical events through the lens of comedy. But now, a new show uh, will premiere on Hulu. It is also produced by... um, Ike Barinholtz and Nick Kroll and Wanda Sykes. Again, this movie came out in 1981, the original one. Um, And the new show, which, again, very excited for, um, History of the World Part 2. It's a variety series. Uh, Production began last year. Mel Brooks will produce and write. Wanda Sykes, Ike Barinholtz, Nick Kroll will produce and star and uh, should premiere sometime soon on Hulu. History of the World Part 2 is real, is happening. I cannot wait. Um, I kind of want to watch the first one now. I haven't seen it in quite some time. It is a Mel Brooks film, so you will not be disappointed. Uh, Definitely worth watching. And the last bit of TV news I want to talk about, well, more of a review, if anything. Bad Batch Season 2 premiered today, and... It starts off with a major storyline where they go to Sereno, home of Count Dooku, to raid his war chest, uh, which the Empire is currently doing as well. It is definitely upping the ante from where we left off with Clone Force 99, uh, the Bad Batch, in Season 1. It looks like there's been some time passed as uh, Omega seems a lot older not a whole lot older, but older from, than where she was in season one. Uh, the tension seems to be rising among the clones, of course, as they uh, definitely struggle to understand their new place in the galaxy. The animation looks so good compared to the first season and kind of where Rebels and even where Clone Wars was at. It, it's it's much more cinematic than it was, and that maybe that's why it was delayed. They had to touch it up even more, uh, more so than it already was, but I'm very happy to have a Star Wars show back on TV, it's been, it's been a a little while, I mean, it hasn't been that long since Andor ended, but, uh, it's good to be back in early post-Clone War era with, with some clones, early Empire, things like that, um, since Andor kind of takes place five or six years before A New Hope, so, um, it's always fun to see post-Clone War era. We don't always get to see a lot of that all the time. But uh, Bad Batch Season 2 is now streaming on Disney+. Plus. First two episodes are available. Uh, and then quick note, actually, on um, National Treasure, Edge of, Edge of History. What's it called? Uh, that show is very... Edge of History, that's, that's right. Very ups and downs, right? There's episodes that feel... Very cinematic, feel a lot like the movies. Um, Riley's back this week, played by Justin Bartha yet again. 
And then there's episodes that feel like they're straight out of a Hallmark movie. And the production quality is is way too all over the place on this show. Um, it, it has a good story. It, 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 it's keeping up consistent and there's no lagging. But, but if they're going to keep this wishy-washy production, I, I don't see them uh, continuing for very long. But, but they heavily, heavily hint at a potential National Treasure 3 in the show. Um, obviously, you know, Nick Cage's character gets name-dropped, but Nick Cage doesn't appear himself. Uh, that's it for TV, though. Let's, uh, let's on, head on over to Hollywood and take a spot, spot, take a seat in the cinema. Well, well, well. Here we are at the movie section of the show, as always, and I've upped the production value a bit, but no, uh, still haven't seen Avatar, and at this point, everyone I've talked to that's seen it says the visuals are okay, uh, not as crazy as maybe some of the media's been reporting, and the story is absolute dog shit. So... How this movie has gone on to cross the, I think it's crossed $1.4 billion at this point, is beyond me. So yeah, as of today, 457,483,420 domestic, 1.025 billion international, 1.482,683,420 billion worldwide. Um, fastest movie to do so in the pandemic era in just 14 days. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, man. Billion dollars. People were worried this movie wasn't going to make money. It was like, oh, Disney's got their first flop. Iger's got his first flop back. Yeah, it's made a billion dollars. Get the fuck out of here. Avatar 3 is coming, and we'll have our first villainous Na'vi, according to James Cameron. And it will focus on fire. The first movie was air, second movie was water, third one will be fire. Sounds like the fourth one's going to be earth, and we're circling back to Avatar The Last Airbender here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, in a new unprecedented move, unprecedented, unprecedented, you can now sue movie theaters over deceptive trailers. Uh, per Variety, U.S. District Judge Stephen Wilson ruled, on in December that movie studios can be sued under false advertising um, has to do with a 2019 case or issue situation um, where involving the movie yesterday which starred Himesh Patel and uh, was allegedly going to include Anna de Armas it's about a movie where a guy gets hit by a car and wakes up in a world without the Beatles and then he starts singing their songs um but the trailer included clips of Anna de Armas. Ultimately, she was cut from the theatrical cut of the film. And two actors, uh, two actors, two fans of the actress filed a lawsuit in January saying they had rented yesterday after seeing her in the trailer. But then when they realized she was not in the final cut, they were not happy. Um, wow. Interesting. Um, Universal tried to throw out the lawsuit, arguing that trailers are entitled to protection under the First Amendment, that their artistic ex expressive work, quote-unquote, 
and non-commercial speech, quote-unquote, as they're protected. Um, the judge rejected the argument, saying that a trailer is, in fact, commercial speech. I mean, they're literally an ad for the movie. And uh, he said, quote, Universal is correct that trailers involve some creativity and editorial discretion, but this creativity does not outweigh the commercial nature of a trailer. At its core, a trailer is an advertisement designed to sell a movie by providing consumers with a preview of the movie, quote-unquote. Um, ultimately ruled in their favor, and I think they won like millions of dollars, but <laughs> which is unreal. I, I get it, right? Um, which the trailers don't always show the final cut of the film, right? There's stuff in trailers that don't that doesn't even end up in the movie sometimes because trailers are cut before filming is done or before post-production is done. And, and I get it, right? They're going to be deceptive. But if you have a trailer out there, and you can pull them from the internet. There's nothing stopping them from pulling it or recutting it. But if you have a trailer out there showing an actress in a movie, the whole trailer's focused around that, and then when people go to watch the movie, they're not in it at all, that's on the studio. And I can see where the judge is coming from. Now, do I think this will lead to future cases? Potentially. Will they all turn out in favor of, of the plaintiff? Probably not. Uh, we've also learned that Jeremy Renner is in critical but stable condition after in being involved in a snowplow accident over the weekend. Uh, the actor was trying to assist a family member who was stuck in the snow. Uh, unfortunately, ultimately got run over by um, by their snow by the snowplow. And uh, he is in critical condition. He has had surgery. He has posted a uh, image saying, you know, yes, he's tired and, and surviving, but um, probably won't be ready to do things for quite some time. Um, of course, thoughts are with him, um, and not even the only person to, you know, deal with some things like that. I know it's not really related to what we normally talk about, but my thoughts are with Damar Hamlin, uh, who is a player for the Buffalo Bills. I'm not even really a fan of the Bills, but I'm a fan of football and of good people like that. Um, suffered a, a crazy injury in, in the Monday night game, um, that caused him to have to be resuscitated on the field, uh, a first, really, for the NFL. I don't, I can't think of that happening ever, honestly. Uh, definitely not in recent memory. Um, and I, I, I'm sure a lot of you are aware of the situation. Um, but uh, I do hope for a strong recovery for both men, uh, Jeremy Renner and Demar. Um, in a in not a fun situation, not a fun situation at all. Um, a Mark Hamill movie is being released 10 years after it was originally filmed. That is right. Um, oh god, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> the movie is called Virtually Heroes, it is a movie directed by. The king of B-movies, Roger Corman, who I did not know was still making movies. Um, <laughs> and it's about, it's essentially about like a video game, right? It looks very Call of Duty-esque. Um, let me find more information about it. 
give me one second while I pull that up. Jamie, can you pull that up for me? Um, <laughs> uh, the the debut trailer has premiered on IGN of all places. Um, yes, Virtually Heroes. It's an action-packed comedy that parodies Call of Duty games. Uh, Mark Hamill is in a supporting role. It also stars, um, yes, directed by Roger Corman. Stars Robert Baker, Brent Chase, and Katie Savoy as well. The official synopsis reads, quote, Two self-aware characters in a Call of Duty-inspired video game battle endless enemies in their own ex- existential crises when Sergeant Books seeks help from a straight-talking monk played by Mark Hamill, who teaches him the cheat codes of life. Now he can finally break free from the game's endless battles, take a break from saving the girls at the end of each level, and convince his fellow warrior, Lieutenant Nova, that not everything in this game world is as awesome as it seems, unquote. It sounds terrible. Jesus Christ, this movie's probably going to be so bad. Um, It premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in 2013, but is now only being released for the first time. Uh, It will be direct movie digitally, direct digital release on January 17th, later this month. Um, so if you're excited for that, um, let's see, Dave Bautista has said that he is happy to be done playing Drax and, uh, which I can, I can understand, totally understand. Um, he says he's relieved essentially. Uh, he's speaking with GQ. And he said, quote, I'm so grateful for Drax. I love him. But there's a relief that it's over. It wasn't all pleasant. It was hard playing that role. The makeup process was beating me down, and I just don't know if I want Drax to be my legacy. It's a silly performance, and I wanted to do more dramatic stuff, quote, unquote. Um, he, he said uh, later, quote, if I could be number one on the call sheet with Denny, uh, I would do it for fucking free. I think that's how I could find out how good I could be. He brings out the best in me. He sees me in a different light, sees a performer that I want to be. That's That might be how I solve the puzzle, quote-unquote. Uh, Denny, of course, referring to Denny Villeneuve, who he has worked with now on both Blade Runner 2049, Dune, and Dune Part 2. Um, so I'm excited to see more of him. I very much like Dave Bautista as an actor. I thought he was great in Glass Onion. I like him in Dune. I, I've liked him in the some serious roles he's played. He was actually really good in um, Spectre as well, the James Bond film. Uh, speaking of James Bond, before we get on to some more stories, it has been rumored that Aaron Taylor Johnson has met with Barbara Broccoli and the other James Bond producers for the role of James Bond. Uh, apparently they like him and might be going with a younger James. Uh, I think Aaron Taylor Johnson, though, is almost 40, to be honest. Um, he's, he's quite old. Uh, I like Aaron Taylor Johnson, and to be honest, if he gets... Oh, he's 32. Oh, he's a year... He's older than me. A year older than me. Never mind. Forget it. Sorry. He's 33. Um, why did I think he was way older? Um, <laughs> whoops. Uh, honestly, though... Totally down with him as James Bond. He is British. Most people don't know that. Um, because obviously he played kick-ass. And he doesn't uh, come off as British. But he is. Uh, I very lo- much like him as Tangerine in Bullet Train. 
Um, so he's got the chops to be in an action movie. So I can't, if they cast him, I'm totally on board with this. Uh, it'll be interesting that, though to see how they start with James over. Do they go back in? Do they go back to like a '60s vibe? Um, do they keep it modern? What are, what what what's next for James Bond? Uh, but I'm excited to see a young one come on so he can take on the role for quite some time. And uh, final bit of movie news before we talk about my anticipated films of the year. We go back to DC as as we have for quite a while. Uh, it looks like the Black Adam, the rock drama, continues. Um, in a new story with Variety, um, that Variety published, I should say, we learned that uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, along with producers of Black Adam, Hiram Garcia and Bo Flynn, quote-unquote ruffled feathers uh, when they went to, quote, went around everyone to pitch Z CEO David Zaslav on their vision for Black Adam, Henry Cavill Superman, and more, unquote. Um, this has also been previously reported. They had a secret meeting. They went around Walter Hamada, who didn't want Cavill back. They went to the other guy, people that were in, in charge of WB to try and get him back. Um, but it, it also turns out that he allegedly cost the, the production budget to balloon, um, wanted a tequila bar for his brand of te uh, tequila Terramana set up at the premiere for the film. Um, he strained relationship when more and more stuff was added budget-wise, um, kept pushing for a sequel that might not have ever happened. Uh, it, like, it just... It's a weird, interesting thing. Like, he cared so much about Black Adam when, in reality, it really should have been... If there was a sequel, if it had done well, he should have been facing Shazam, not Superman right away. And I, I get it. I get it. I'm happy to... I was happy that Henry Cavill was back for a little bit, right? Um, but a lot of other things going on in that realm as well. Maybe Henry Cavill goes over the MCU to play Captain Britain. That's a rumor right now. Who knows? Um, the other story, though, out of Warner Brothers in D.C. is that they're happy with Ezra Miller. Uh, Ezra has been getting treatment um, since last summer after the various lawsuits and issues and crimes committed by them. Um, and his flash could potentially continue on in the future of the D.C. universe. And... Uh, again, per Variety, Warner Brothers Discovery executives are willing to work with Ezra um, because they have stayed out of trouble since they began mental health treatment last summer um, after, again, multiple, multiple crimes being committed by the actor. Um, burglary, kidnapping, um, many, many things. They ultimately came out and apologized. Um returned for reshoots in October, so hopefully they didn't cut out Michael Keaton. That's all I really care about right now. Um, so we still don't know what the exact future of the DCU is. Uh, I fully expect James Gunn to come out soon uh, to give what their plan is uh, for the future moving forward. But that's it for news, Hollywood-wise. Let's talk about what my most anticipated films of the year are. 
Uh, again, going in release order. Um, definitely Ant-Man 3. I'm That's probably the most anticipated Marvel movie for me right now. Uh, Ant-Man 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. It will feature the, um, I guess you could say, return or introduction of Kang. Uh, King the Conqueror as the villain. We technically saw a version of Kang as He Who Remains at the end of Loki, Season 1. But Ant-Man and the Wasp releases February 17th. Uh, Cocaine Bear also comes out next month. I'm excited to see that movie. Probably won't see it in theaters, but I'm excited nonetheless. Uh, Shazam 2, Shazam Fury of the Gods releases a month after Ant-Man 3 on March 17th. Then, of course, John Wick Chapter 4 on March 24th. Um, the, uh, March and April are going to be a busy month for me, movie-wise, because, so Shazam 2, John Wick 4, uh, a week later, the Super Mario Brothers movie on April 7th. A um, couple weeks there, just straight movies. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on May 5th, very excited for as well. Can't wait to see that final outing. Fast 10, Part 1, on the 19th of May. Across the Spider-Verse. So June's going to be a big month as well. Across the Spider-Verse on June 2nd. Very, very excited. Loved the first movie. Transformers Rise of the Beasts, June 9th. Cannot wait to see Optimus Primal. The Flash on June 16th. And then Indiana Jones on June 30th. Boom, 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 boom. Movie, 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 movie. Solid, straight month of movies. Promise you one of those might get delayed or pushed up. <laughs> uh, then, Mission Impossible um, Part 1. What it wrote, What are they calling it? Mission Impossible Death Notice. Um, Mission Impossible at 7. Mission Impossible 7. That's 7 Part 1. Uh, Dead Reckoning. That's what it's called. Um... Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, July 14th. Tom Cruise always loves for that July 4th weekend, doesn't he? Um, no surprise there. Uh, then, of course, the Seth Rogen-produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That's going to release on August 4th. Uh, surprisingly, we haven't really seen anything about that movie. Um, I'm sure more of it will come out this year. Then of course, uh, of course, of course, uh, keep saying it. Blue Beetle um, on August eighteenth. Then we have a Haunting in Venice, which is Kenneth Branagh's potentially final film as um, Detective Poirot, the Agatha Christie movies on September fifteenth. Expendables four, which I'm surprised is still happening because I don't think I didn't even know they were filming that. Uh, that will release September 22nd. Uh, Dune Part 2 on November 3rd. And then Aquaman 2 Christmas Day, which is potentially the final film in the current DCEU. The, the final Snyderverse-related film, potentially. We don't know yet, though. And then sometime this year on Netflix is expected Beverly Hills Cop 4, which I'm very happy and looking forward to as well. Um, those are the movies I'm looking forward to this year. Uh, that is it for Nixner News this week, guys. Thank you so very much. I hope you had a happy new year. I'm excited for what 2023 brings as we head into 
the year ahead. Um, I know we're only four days in, but it's going to be a big one. I can tell. Um, hey, don't forget to check out nixnernews.com where you guys can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer, we have links to all the major streaming services, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music. We're on iHeartRadio. You guys can listen to the show on the go. You can like us, share, subscribe, do all the fun things. Um, also, while you're there, check out our social media tab. Or just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. Always posting fun things on online. Uh, with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.